Welcome to episode 170 of the MCU Fan Show. My name is Sean Gerber. Be sure to follow us at MCU Fan Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, if you could help us out by rating and reviewing the show on Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate it. This week marks the beginning of a new initiative and a new series on the podcast that is dedicated to our fellow MCU fans. It is called What Brought You to the MCU? I'm very fortunate to have a platform where I can explore and share my journey as a fan of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and now I'm going to use this space to amplify new voices and help fellow fans tell their stories. There's no such thing, in my view, as a real or true fan. A fan is a fan, and all of our journeys are valid, regardless of whether our Marvel fandom predates the MCU or we were inspired to join the fun by Iron Man, Avengers Endgame, or any film in between. And the journeys of those who find the MCU in Phase 4 and beyond will be equally valid. What matters is that we are a community who share a common love for a set of entertaining and inspiring stories. I've been planning this series for a little while now. This is probably not the first time you've heard me mention it. And ever since I announced my plans for this series, I have received so many terrific stories of how people became fans of the MCU in so many different ways. And I'm never going to be able to share all of them, but I am excited to be able to share many of them over the weeks and months to come. And who knows, maybe it'll even be for years to come. In the first episode of this series, we are going to discover what brought Maya to the MCU. Maya Kane has been a valued member of our Discord community through our Patreon, and it's been so much fun talking Marvel with her. And then Maya was gracious enough to allow me to participate in the anti-racism community conversations that she's been hosting for the past few months. I'm fortunate and proud to call her a friend, and I know you're all going to enjoy this conversation in which Maya shares what brought her to the MCU and provide some fresh, wonderful insight into this franchise that we care so much about. Here's Maya. Hello, Maya. Welcome to the MCU Fan Show. Hi, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. It's been really awesome getting to know you over the course of what we've been doing with the Patreon community that we have on the Discord and some of the stuff that that we've been doing because and you invited me into it with the conversations that we've been having over the past couple of months uh, in our group. And uh, it's been really great getting to know you uh, as a person, but also as a Marvel fan. But there's still a lot of stuff I don't actually know about your Marvel fandom. I mean, you've got a dog named Namor. You've got (laughs) a pretty impressive pop collection that is very well curated and displayed in your house. (laughs) So uh, your, your Marvel fan game is definitely strong, but... I don't really know how it all started, so I I, I will begin with just the very first question for this series, which is, uh, what brought you to the MCU? Yeah, so um, if you, I definitely wouldn't say I had a traditional introduction to the MCU, if you want to categorize traditional being by way of comics. Um, I, when I was a kid, I never read any comic books. And so really, it was when I was in high school when I got really into the MCU. So actually, I saw all films before Avengers in theaters. I really loved them. Um, I loved Iron Man. I think I went back and saw that film a few times. But it was still very passive in terms of understanding what they were building and who the characters were, um, since I had no prior knowledge of the characters. So um, after... I saw all those films, I watched Avengers for the first time and that changed everything for me. And I think that was definitely my launching point into like recognizing myself as a Marvel fan. It was, I was just so in awe with not only how they were just building the story with multiple characters who are radically different, um, then t- the whole idea of like universe building and then building a foundation for other characters to join, to take part in was something that I never saw before. You know, I saw the you know Fast and Furious. There's a ton of like serialized stories that are out there, but um, MCU definitely felt a lot different when Avengers came out. And it was funny because I was I was in high school when Avengers came out, and I was working at a restaurant, and one of my coworkers and friends he was a really big into comics. So I remember shortly after I saw Avengers, he spent like three hours talking about origin stories and how like the comics and 
who's Thanos after the most credit scenes and um, introducing me to those characters. And I thought just the whole idea that characters were these historical figures too, because, you know, some of them have been present for decades. And the whole idea that like comic books were almost like TV shows constantly rebooted, I thought that was really cool. So I know you and Paul talk about comic books being R&D for the films. So just knowing that I had something else to look back to in terms of mm. origins and the stories that were told were really fascinating. So I remember after that conversation and after seeing the movies a few times, you know, I was YouTube like explained, Iron Man explained. <laughs> I was on that explained train on YouTube. But um, I definitely think Avengers is what was my launch pad. And I, I think that's the great thing about the MCU in general. It doesn't matter like if you were, you know, read the comics and, you know, wherever life took you and what, no matter what your story was, there is a jumping off point or jumping on point um, where you can just celebrate the, the stories that are told. And so that's how I was introduced to the MCU and became a, a major fan. Well, I'm sure there are moments and I'm definitely going to ask you more about the Avengers, but I want to circle back because you did see the other movies in theaters. And I know Avengers was kind of the moment where you felt like, your Marvel fandom kind of arrived and really, really came to you. But there had to be something because you did keep up with the other movies. And so I'm kind of curious. Avengers put it on the map, right, as far as like the bigger universe and everything. But were there moments in Iron Man? Like, did you stay all the way through the credits for the first Iron Man movie? I did not. <laughs> OK. All right. When did you become aware of these? Uh, did you see Incredible Hulk in theaters? I saw it, yes, okay. I did. Mm -hmm. So at that point in time, were you aware of the post credit scene from Iron Man? Had you discovered it after the fact? It was after the fact okay. that I discovered it. So I would usually just tag along with my older brother. So, you know, I just wanted to get out the house and see movies. So we really saw a lot of films. Okay. Um, so I was guaranteed to see him, but um, I, I really love the Iron Man so much that I was hoping to see him in those other films. Right. And, um, but I knew that, okay, just because it's Marvel doesn't mean that, you know, how, especially how it was conditioned with movies previously. Yeah. But I definitely think just the story captured me and there definitely was more than just the fact that, you know, before Avengers, I, I enjoyed something there. Yeah. Just to get to figure out like what exactly it was. So was there that moment then, like when you see Tony Stark pop up in The Incredible Hulk, because you don't have to stay all the way through the credits to see that. Mm -hmm. What was your, yeah. can you remember your reaction to seeing that for the first time? It was definitely a, oh my gosh, I know who he is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was, I'm like, oh my goodness. So like the next movie is going to be an Iron Man Hulk movie. So that was definitely my, my first reaction. And I think that gave me a glimpse on what, else they were they were doing and mm -hmm. um, forming friendships because um, at first I thought you know I think my my big theory was that they were going to be in a movie together or it was like okay this is just a nod that you know they're both operating under Marvel umbrella and it wasn't necessarily guaranteed that they were going to all be together. That's really cool so as we go into I mean obviously I mean, assume you like Iron Man 2 because you're a fan of Iron Man at that point um or did you like Iron Man 2? Maybe I shouldn't assume. I'm guessing you liked it at least a little bit. But Yeah, I liked okay. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so do I. Uh, no shame in that. So <laughs> with uh, Thor and Captain America, the first Avenger in 2011, we're still pre-Avengers, but these were definitely more out there concepts for Marvel. Well, for Thor especially, compared to maybe Iron Man and, and even the Incredible Hulk, since that's a character who is kind of at least somewhat well-known, even if you don't know everything about the character, so what were your first impressions in, in 2011 of characters like Thor and Cap? I, I definitely felt like Captain America had a more connection, a better connection with that film. Just because, as you can imagine, if you see so many Earth-based films and you see Thor, it's like, whoa. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I wasn't really into mythology at that point. Mm. I know it wasn't as a shock for people who were into Norse mythology. Um, but I really loved the the story behind like Steve Rogers and just seeing how small he was and then like to become such a great hero. I think, you know, Tony Stark was very smart before um, and, 
you know, the Hulk, you know, he was kind of thrown into his power, but just to be able to see someone who, yes, he was altered in a way, but to see him like rise up and his like story of resiliency was um, really connected with me. And then Thor, it was, it, I definitely enjoyed the film. It was a shock in terms of, okay, wow, this is very interesting because beforehand, like didn't really watch much sci-fi again, like where I was not very mature in the films that I watched, um, they were still kind of more of like the, the teen kid films. So right. uh, I think that's, um, I still enjoyed Thor, but it, it was very different for me. And so now that we get to Avengers in 2012, and this is the moment where you feel like this is the movie that really brought you to the MCU. You saw the other movies in theaters and you really liked them, but this is where, as you, you said, your Marvel fandom really kind of arrived and came to the forefront of your mind. So it's a great story that you shared about the conversation after seeing the film, but can you remember moments during the film where it was just, you knew you had enjoyed these other movies, but now it's kind of, it must be hitting you on another level at different moments in these, in this film, the Avengers to really kind of elevate your fandom and your own interest and enthusiasm for it. So can you remember any of those moments that maybe stood out the first time you saw Avengers, or maybe it was the fourth or fifth time you saw Avengers, but when you were watching that movie, what were some of the moments where you really felt like, oh, this is totally on another level for me? Yes, I would say um, the scene with Coulson, I think that's probably the most in your face um, scene, just because you see the stakes. So it wasn't about any individual character at that point. It was about the team and what they could do to enact, like, change on other people's lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and just also like the the comedy between each character as well. I think just seeing them interact in like not so serious manner at times show that, wow, like friendships can be built here. Like you, they're not even just gonna be teammates. Um, it really opens up the door for like new relationships to form. And I think that was the piece where um, where I thought like, okay, like seeing them all unified, it was going to change the game. And it's, you know, sometimes it was it's hard to see like, you know, just humans in these type of settings. Cause you know, no superpowers. And like, when you see someone like Colson who represented a lot, um, to not only Nick Fury, but the greater team, um, just seeing so much significance into his sacrifice just being like a human without like any major superpowers other than being like an, you know, an agent, if you will. Right. Um, and like tying so much significance into that. I'm like, Oh wow. Like that's really beautiful that, you, you know, you don't have to be a hero to make that, you know, that type of change and um, really command what change look like for you know future films to come. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know that a lot of people would pick that moment with Colson. I mean, it's a great moment in the movies and the way the, in that movie and the way the team rallies around that. But I was thinking like, oh yeah, the battle in New York was awesome. But um, yeah, yeah, that was definitely, I mean, that was my geek out moment, even as a comic book fan. So it's cool that Avengers kind of elevated that for you. So I guess my, my next question would be what changed for you after that in terms of your anticipation? Because, you know, these phase one movies, you showed up, because Iron Man looks interesting and then you like the other movies and you keep watching them. But now, as you said, like your your fandom is on another level coming off of Avengers. So what's different now about going into the theater a year later to watch Iron Man 3 compared to walking in to see Iron Man in 2008? Are you now like part of that just overjoyed Marvel opening night crowd at this point? I I definitely am. And I think... I, I loved Iron Man 3 and something that I notice when I watch Marvel films, and it's actually, it kind of terrifies me. Like I'm, I'm shaking, I'm so happy because the anticipation is, you know, at this point it's a lot longer in between projects. So I was, you know, so overjoyed that I can finally watch something else. Um, I definitely had that moment with Iron Man 3, but I think it honestly just kept increasing as the films went on. Um, but in terms of expectations of, you know, following films, I felt like I was just in it for the ride. I still didn't have a good understanding of like backstories. And I really wasn't even following news on like when announcements 
Okay. Where made I was it was mostly okay. Tickets are on sale. I'll buy my ticket, and then you know all the conversation and discussion is after it. I didn't do a lot of speculation because again I was still new to like understanding the Marvel landscape. Right. So um, I didn't. I felt like once I actually started following news and started making predictions and entering a speculation station for a lot <laughs> of the film is when I. Um, you know, when the, those expectations, heavy expectations started forming. So at what point did that enter into it when you were talking about um, going into or actually following the news and following the developments of the movies? So do you remember what at what point that started? What was the first movie where you found yourself really tracking it before it came out? Um, it was Guardians for me. OK, so I wonder why it took that long, but. Um, I think it was just also like I was young and, you know, in terms of how I prioritize things was different at the time. But I remember hearing Guardians of the Galaxy and like that same friend he's like, oh, wow. Like I'm so because I think it was a relatively new concept in the, the comics. And um, I just remember that being announced and everyone being very excited, but also like, oh, I wonder what it's going to be. And I think just the overwhelming curiosity was very loud at, you know, right. at that time. And so that's when I started looking into the characters, who are they? And that's when I started following news. And I think um, YouTube was really big um, at that point in my life. It, but in terms of like before the movie came out and I think Guardians was definitely the, that milestone where I started, you know, anticipating next films. Very cool. Yeah. And, and you're right, though, because Guardians, even though that was a concept and a team name that had been around for decades, that iteration of the team had only been around since six years prior to the movie coming out. And mm -hmm. so I think Guardians makes sense, though. Like, that's a great movie for you to have kind of followed along with because it gave you a little bit more of a I'm sure that grounded it for you a little bit, because certainly it was the most out there concept from Marvel to date at that point. Everybody knows it. Talking Tree, Talking Raccoon which is why so many people thought it was the ridiculous movie where Marvel was high on Avengers money and it was going to be their first flop. That was all over the place with Guardians mm -hmm. of the Galaxy. But clearly you didn't feel that way because you were you were excited and you were yeah. tracking it. Yeah. And then I, I was also a huge Zoe Saldana fan. Mm. So um, guess who drumline? So I'm like, oh, my gosh, she's going to be in this movie. I think that put it on my radar as well. That's awesome. So. Going back to earlier in 2014, you mentioned how, you know, there was some stuff that you had checked as far as getting background on, but maybe not everything, because this is certainly something that I'm actually very, very jealous of non-comic book readers for. Um, and it's it really goes back to Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Did you know that Bucky was the Winter Soldier going into that film? I had no idea. Oh, it was man. a major surprise. For so, me. yeah, take me to that moment. So the mask comes off. There's Bucky as this guy, the Winter Soldier, who killed Nick Fury, supposedly, or, you know, caught Cap Shield and is now causing all these problems. So, uh, as you said, you were shocked. But how does that what's that reaction like for you in the theater? Can you still remember, like, sitting in your seat and real and, and having that actual reveal happen in front of your eyes? Absolutely. And I remember thinking, how? Like, we all remember that train scene. <laughs> like, how, how does that happen? And so and I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I can't believe this. So it was really, like, super shocking, but also me wondering, like, how is this going to work? Which is great because we kind of see all of the um, manipulation and all the, you know, technology used for that type of control um, over, like, super soldiers. So, um I think my first, my first reaction is like, how, why is like, how did this even happen? So, um, but it was a very, very big reveal. It was like jaw dropping in the theater. Yeah. I'm forever jealous of people who did not know that. <laughs> Cause I feel like, I mean, when they announced Captain America, the winter soldier, I'm like, okay, yeah, Bucky, uh, duh, because <laughs> that's the comic book. But mm -hmm. I've always been envious of people who had no idea about that going into that film. So, mm -hmm. Guardians is where that was another milestone for you as far as things shifting. And now you're following the news and you're tracking the development of these films. 
So what are some of the other steps along the way? And it, it might be a movie or maybe it's just a moment, an announcement or something like that. What are some of the other milestones that you remember that really stand out to you in your own journey following the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Krisha, I remember when they announced Black Panther mm -hmm. and that was huge. Um, I, he was actually one of the characters I kind of knew like I've heard of before um, they made the announcement. Usually in the first time I'm hearing about the characters when they were making the announcement. But um, there was, you know, that's like the first, when I brought up Black Panther to my family, like family was familiar with it. So I was able to talk to my uncles, like even my grandpa at the time. And like just saying how much of an icon, I'm like, well, why didn't you ever bring this up in time before? Because <laughs> they read the comic books when they were younger. So um, I, when I heard that they were making a like black superhero, and well, in terms of obviously we've seen you know War Machine, we saw we have Sam, but having his own like the title hero is black was humongous, and I I almost. You know, I was going on like, oh, my gosh, what are the costumes going to look like? And who's going to be, you know, the cast? And I had so many different ideas of who was going to play who. But I'm happy, actually, none of those came about. Because, <laughs> um, you know, it was like I said, I was, you know, still in my, my understanding of like actors at the time was, you know, not where it is today. But um, and then they announced Chadwick. And at this point, he played. You know, all the big black icons. He played yeah. Third Marshall. He played Jackie Robinson, James Brown. Mm -hmm. And um, just to see all the excitement around it. And, you know, for me personally, I was one of the only people in my family, my friend group, um, and really people I knew that actually were following these films before Black Panther. So I didn't really look to have those conversations with people I knew. I was always going to the internet because. I didn't really have anybody I can geek out with. And so when, you know, Black Panther was introduced, now everyone is under like that are around me were were fans, loved it. I'm actually wearing a Black Panther shirt right now. <laughs> um, and that's definitely the most exciting, the most anticipated film, I would say outside of the end game, but that the energy was just so high and it wasn't just the, the people that I heard talking about on the internet, but all the people around me, just the whole concept of Wakanda too was just, what is this black utopia? <laughs> and it really was. And I think that, you know, just seeing other people excited about something that, you know, you were really excited about um, really elevated that, you know, experience waiting to go watch the movie. So do you remember opening night then for Black Panther? I mean, you talked about the energy and, and the journey to that film. So what was that experience like? I mean, not just watching the movie, but I mean, mm -hmm. driving to the theater, getting your seat or after getting popcorn or whatever else, like just sitting in your seat and getting ready. But then also just the vibe in the room of like everybody else who was mm -hmm. there, because I remember going to opening night for Black Panther here in L.A. and Marvel opening nights are always awesome, but Black Panther was was very unique, I think, for for obvious reasons. And it was a it was there was certainly a much more diverse crowd than I'm used to seeing with uh, in, in watching Marvel movies on opening nights. But also you could just tell that there was something special that was it just felt like something special was happening. So what was the vibe like for you on opening night? Sean, this was the most amazing viewing experience of my life. So I was, um, I was in uh, college at the time. I went to IU Indiana University. So our Black Cultural Center actually rented out a theater opening night. So um, a lot of, like a lot of the Black students involved in the organization, we were all filled. Like, and everyone, they did like, a, like a, a Black carpet where everyone was like dressing up and it was a whole spectacle. And so in terms of just the reactions, there were so many people crying with like Killmonger's last words. And they did a discussion. They brought in professors from um, our African-America, African diaspora studies program to talk about the film afterward while we were still in our seats. So 
as you can imagine, <laughs> it was it was the best viewing experience I could have ever asked for because I had the film, I immediately had the conversations and seeing everybody celebrated in that moment was, it was so amazing. So without a doubt, the best viewing experience of my life. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was great. I mean, in LA, I mean, people were, it was formal wear. I mean, you would have just thought it was the Oscars inside the TCL Chinese theater. I mean, people were fully decked out for that movie. Um, and it, you could tell it was also a, a, a crowd that for, and, and for reasons that are perfectly understandable, but maybe because people hadn't been as well represented in this franchise, but for a lot of the audience, it was clearly their first MCU movie because at least half of them got up after the uh the after the credit once the credits started well everybody watched the first round of credits like before the mid credit scene because it had it has all those cool animations so that kept everybody in their seats but mm-hmm. after t'challa gives the one tribe speech everybody half the theater is like okay we're gone um yeah. <laughs> where you have now that you were kind of the marvel veteran and there where you have were yeah, you having like- to tell anybody <laughs> to stay in their seat Absolutely. I mean, they had the, the conversation, but like, some well, that, yeah, that, that helps. And so they, the discussion helped, but people were getting, they turned on the lights. Well, well, no, they didn't turn on the lights at that point, but they had um, people just going to the bathroom, you know, getting up, talking. Yeah. And I'm like, no, there's more. There's <laughs> more. And uh, so, yeah, I felt like I was a little bit of a gatekeeper in that in that regard. Wow, that's so cool. So uh, let's fast forward a couple months then from Black Panther and let's get into Avengers Infinity War. So Mm -hmm. did you know anything going into that film about, I mean, at this point, I'm sure you're well-versed in speculation and stuff like that about these movies, but how much of a sense did you have about one of the potential and as a lot of fans would have predicted more likely outcomes of this movie ending with a snap and the idea of the heroes losing in that movie did you have any sense that something like that was going to happen in that film? No, I had no idea that I've at that point I was watching a lot of, and I'm forgetting the name of the YouTube channel, but there was, this is before I joined the Patreon. So again, looking towards the, you know, videos on YouTube, but um, there was so many speculation, like the whole Thanos theory that all the, you know, the stones are, you know, related to something that was started with the same letter um, but I had no idea that the snap was going to happen. I've seen some videos that talked about the snap in terms of, okay, the story's inspired by the story. and Right. Um, but they, no one ever, I didn't really see that prediction that he was, Thanos was going to win. Um, that wasn't something that I, I thought and something that I saw. So um, definitely a crazy reaction when I saw that in theaters. Yeah, well, there's there's kind of a, a bit of a coincidence there because you had a big reveal with Bucky turning out to be the Winter Soldier in Captain America, the Winter Soldier. In Infinity War, the first person who goes is Bucky. So mm-hmm. what's going through your mind as all of these heroes are turning to dust? Because there's Bucky, there's Black Panther, whom you just saw in his movie, and now he's turning to dust. So what's going through your mind as you're seeing these heroes fading away? So I think I had like an in the moment reaction where I'm like, how? And I'm like, it can't be like denial. Like, okay, let me wait to the very, very end because someone's going to undo it. Right. And um, so I I didn't even believe what I was watching at that point. But, you know, I think the idea of saying, you know, T'Challa get dusted was a little bit comforting because I'm like, they're not going to just kill him and not bring him back. True. So I think, you know, a good, you know, after the movie, walking in my car, I'm like, there's no way. So <laughs> I definitely felt like there was still hope at the end of the tunnel. It's just how long it took for us to get there. Right. So I didn't think it was an end-all, be-all. Right. Oh, I should have asked you also just going back to with Black Panther being such a milestone. I'm sure also it was important when you saw and and meaningful when you saw Black Panther in Captain America Civil War, like when he showed up there, because it's one thing to have an announcement of a movie. But now you're actually seeing the guy in the role, in the costume. I know he gets a new costume in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. But what was it like? Uh, what was your first impression of this hero in the MCU? So this is before... I had no idea who he was at that point. So I heard 
And I remember you mentioning that um, there was an announcement where they said, you know, Chadwick Boseman is Black Panther. I had no idea at that point. So, because I still, it wasn't like, I don't know. I think it was probably shortly after that that point that they said that the project was, that I knew that the project was coming. But when I saw it on theaters, I wasn't expecting Black Panther to be in the film. So I, I don't know what I was thinking at that point. I, I should have known, but um, <laughs> maybe I did and I just didn't, I don't know. It just went out behind my head. So. His right. first appearance was still very much a surprise to me. And I'm like, who is that? And then I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> and uh, I, I really liked it. And it was, it was it, I think it was, um, I wouldn't say it was the Bucky level introduction because I, I feel like I didn't do that great of homework before the film to know. But um, like afterward, and like seeing him in the costume right. is what, like, okay, wow, this is, this is really cool. You mentioned Endgame as well. Uh, when you're talking about your viewing experiences, you talked about opening night for Black Panther, and that story is so great. So mm -hmm. going into opening night with Endgame, so you've had to live with this feeling for about a year for from Avengers Infinity War, and you knew that these heroes were probably going to be brought back, but there's still questions of how, and there's still, uh, and there's still, of course, the anticipation because. You've been with it, even if you weren't following and following the news and every development, you've been in there in the theater for every single one of these movies. And now you get to movie 2022, uh, which is going to be the culmination of all of these films. Mm -hmm. So what was that journey like for you? I mean, that year of waiting for Avengers Endgame and then finally seeing it. The longest year of my life. <laughs> <laughs> So I, and at this point I'm a patron, so I'm happy that I'm able to talk to so many people about it and just like prepping for that, like having the six month marker and then, you know, all the, the following months after that, it was great. And then I think it was a really good distraction because I'm able to go back and talk about previous films with people. So at, at this point I'm rewatching everything I'm theorizing to myself, like, okay, how, how are things going to work? Um, and especially with like a lot of my favorite characters, I'm like, okay, you know, how are they going to come back? Who's going to be the one responsible? And I did not predict anything that was actually in the film. <laughs> um, but um, I mean, it, it was a very long time, but thankfully we, you know, had Captain Marvel. So I, it, it was definitely a, a nice, um, you know, the post credit scene really helped and to kind of give us some sort of inkling of what other things are going to happen. So it was definitely a long time period, but I think just kind of how I looked up and being a part of the, the community, I think I was able to fill a lot of time with, you know, getting a deeper understanding of all the characters really a stronger appreciation as well. Because when you see your favorite characters dusted, you're constantly going back to times when they're alive and right. knowing all their dialogue and all their, you know, their stories. So I definitely think the waiting period between Infinity War and Endgame is where I had a deeper appreciation for every character. I did a, I rewatched films so many times. I mean, I was talking about the characters and I definitely think it prepped me for what I ended up watching. So I'm very grateful for that time. So what are those moments like, as you said, you get more invested in the characters. So for you, I mean, some of the most talked about moments from the movie, I mean, I'm sure it was shocking when you see Thanos's head get chopped off, like it was shocking for the rest of us. But mm -hmm. when you get to the bigger kind of payoff moments at the end of the film, cap lifting Mjolnir, Avengers assemble. I mean, those two are big enough. We'll just, we'll just stop there for now. So what mm -hmm. are you thinking now in, in that final battle with these characters? Because you've been in it with them the whole time as well. Mm -hmm. I I think I was playing catch up that whole movie. I think I was still kind of playing, you know, Ben was getting his head chopped off. And, and I'm just like, there were things happening. And it was such a delayed response of me reacting to it because I'm, you know, everything at that point was so, you know, shocking. And I mean, the my whole theater went wild when um, Cap caught Mjolnir and then the portal sequence. I mean, I don't even have enough words to describe how the experience was. 
But like you said, it was on this journey for such a long time and seeing all of them together, you know, to be quite honest, I never thought I, I would see that. Like the idea of everybody having one fight against Thanos wasn't something that I really prepared myself for. I thought, you know, it was a, a few people that are going to mobilize right. and take on Thanos. So seeing everyone a part of that process was beautiful and it's amazing. And the whole idea of like, you know, one person or a few people being the heroes or, you know, I had an idea of who was going to, you know, die in the film. So I'm thinking that they're going to hand off, you know, you know, this one moment to one person or a handful of people, but they were able to do it in a way where someone, you know, yeah, Tony Stark got the final um, save, but so many people were still involved. So I think that was the best possible way they could have handled that ending. Um, and I really appreciate them taking a more of like that team approach with everyone we've met throughout right. all of these years. So I, I really like that. Yeah. And I agree with you. Words can't do it justice. The only thing that can is Alan Silvestri's music. That's it. So, <laughs> right. um, but you mentioned Iron Man because as somebody who was there when the first Iron Man film was in theaters, you see Tony making this sacrifice at the end. So what did that mean to you? Because you followed that character's journey all the way from the start. So I'm sure that had to be, uh, as it was for pretty much every MCU fan, I mean, that had to be a, a really big emotional moment. It definitely was. I, and it almost like while I was watching that scene, I keep thinking about like when I was just introduced to him as a character and, you know, him being, you know, very obviously selfish character and, you know, very self-absorbed. And just how it all ended mm-hmm. um, with this character, it, it was beautiful. Because we see, you know, if you think about the first time we met him and at the end, we can fill in the blanks with how much growth we saw in his character. So I I thought, you know, that was just the best way. It's like, how do you end something for such a great character? And that's, you know, the way. And it's not based on, like, calling back to who he was um, then, but the, the hero that he created, you know, he became then and now. So, um, I really liked how they, you know, highlighted, you know, growth of something that we didn't really, well, he made like a really big sacrifice move in Avengers. So it's not like he's, he was a hundred percent, you know, not going to compromise there, but it's still interesting when you think about his very first film and all the growth that happened. Absolutely. So, in looking at this journey through Avengers Endgame, and I know, of course, we still had Spider-Man Far From Home, mm-hmm. but we've skipped around a little bit in the MCU. So were there any other moments that that kind of stood out to you as, as other moments within your fandom or any of the other films that really kind of stood out to you over the course of the Infinity Saga? Yeah, I I would say that there's, in terms of my favorite, there are two moments that really stuck with me and well i don't know uh, it's so hard when you love all these movies you know what i mean well, oh i know all, exactly all what you mean exactly stuck with me but in terms of like saying like having that light bulb moment and sometimes you present with like information or the scene and right. it may be delayed in terms of you getting the message but i think for these two moments it's like okay light bulb immediately went off so the first one, I know we'll probably talk about this at another time, is the moment between Nakia and Okoye. And this is right after Killmonger pushed T'Challa off the top of the waterfall. And Okoye is saying, you know, you know, Nakia, I respect what you're doing, but I'm not a spy. I, I serve my country. And then seeing Nakia challenge her to say, well, you know, I saved my country. So... I really love the scene. One, the two characters, how it delivered. There was so much passion in how they spoke um, in this film. But I think it helped us, like, especially me, like, reevaluate, like, strength and duty. Because we've seen a ton of armies in the MCU. This right. point, one. So the ideas of expecting those leader qualities, um, being able to take a stand on what you believe in and what's right, presented to, you know, what you anyone would describe as the you know the followers i thought was very powerful um and obviously akoye is the leader of the dormilaji but the fact that she was so tied into her duty and serving that she was missing that huge like ethical component and like the whole like 
just component of that. So seeing Nakia both on like opposite spectrums in terms of how they spend their time and how they find purpose in their life, um, that dialogue meant a lot to me. Um, just because if you're blindly serving someone does not mean that you're on the right side of history at that point. So right. I, I really love that moment. I also, um, another moment from Guardians is Star-Lord's speech um, when the Guardians were captured by Yondu. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about like, look at us, we're, we're losers. Um, we've all lost a lot, our homes, our families, our normal lives. Um, but this, you know, now we have a chance to give a shit and not run away. And I really love that scene because I think the Guardians are an epitome of, you know, the group that was not meant to be together, but they somehow came together and thrived. I, I liked how they flipped the definition of loser because I think before that scene, before they came together, they were all like byproducts of what they've lost. Um, and they definitely projected that in their, their whole lives at that point. And I think that being able to recognize that their loss, their, you know, their weaknesses um, gave them heroes, like turned them into heroes with perspective. At the end of the day, um, you know, we're all better because of the things that we went through in our own personal stories. So I think Star-Lord being able to make that obvious to the team and not looking at them as losers, but um, like a team with perspective, I think that really held a lot of weight for me. That's awesome. I, and I've honestly, I haven't really heard anybody uh, talk about talk about in quite that way of, you know, flipping the definition of loser. And I think that was real. That's really great insight into that scene. Um, and why that moment stood out to you so much. And I also love that speech. And and yeah, it's a great scene between Nakia and Okoye in Black Panther. So setting aside favorite moments, do you have a favorite overall film in the MCU at this point? And I know this is a frustrating question. It's kind yeah. of, it's, there's no way around that. It's yeah. it, it's a little less frustrating for me because I can, I can now kind of comfortably say Endgame, but... Um, mm -hmm. It's only because of the way Endgame pays tribute to and, and pays off all of the other movies. So it kind of gets to be by saying Endgame is my favorite movie. I'm kind of cheating and saying they're all my favorite movie. Um, yeah. But do you have because uh, I, I usually struggle with an answer to that question. Do you have an answer to that question of favorite film in the MCU? Um, I'm right there with you Endgame, just because there's a piece of every every other film. But what I'd say is a close second for me is Guardians of the Galaxy, if we want to like omit, um, you know, both like Infinity War and Endgame. But I um, I would say, though, overall, Endgame is my favorite movie. Kind of just, you know, accepted that as an answer as well. Yeah, it's it's an easy one to just go with Endgame. It, it makes yeah. a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. you won't find very many people arguing with it. Well, some people will insist Infinity War and I'm like, well. I like Endgame a little bit better because the heroes win. So it just makes it a little easier. So do you have a favorite character in the MCU? Yes, I love Shuri. Um, Team Shuri all the way. Um, so she's brilliant. She's hilarious. So I saw, as I mentioned earlier, I saw Black Panther when I was in college and I was pursuing a degree in information systems. And just being able to see a young black girl with braids in tech um, held a lot of weight for me. Um, I always, you know, film always paints the tech person to be like that awkward nerd. And, you know, for some pe people or like some roles, okay, that, that made sense. But I just loved her personality, her confidence, um, and really made me fall in love with her. But um, just on a, another note, it's, it was really fascinating to see like, like a young black girl in an environment where she can pursue her passion, she can be innovative. She didn't, wasn't presented with many limitations. And we saw that this is like the perfect foundation for all the change and all the, the amazing things that she did. Um, a lot of the times, and I think this is just because of what they created Wakanda to be, but um, a lot of like, Black women roles, it's a, a lot of it's plagued, a lot of the times it's plagued with struggle. 
And so to kind of just take that away completely and say like, you know, this is who she is. She's, um, she's smart. She's brilliant. She's funny. Um, she's full of confidence. It almost makes me like wonder like, okay, this is something that could be um, when you strip all like the baggage that's typically associated with a lot of these type of roles. Um, but I thought it was super refreshing for the big screen and more than refreshing, honestly. So um, I don't think until I saw Black Panther did I recognize it's something that I, I loved or something that I needed to see. So um, obviously love T'Challa, love Dakuye, love Nakia, but I think I closely aligned with Shuri just because of just seeing like another woman in tech. But um, yeah, I really loved her character and what she represented to me. So do you have any hopes for Shuri going forward? Because we're still early with this character. She's only been in Black Panther and then briefly in Infinity War and Endgame. So most of her screen time is still in front of her in theory. So is there anything in particular that you're hoping for with that character? I honestly, Marvel Studios can give me whatever they want, but I I'm hoping to see a Shuri Peter Parker team up at some point. I know for uh, damage control, um, they had like a bit where he's like, oh, look at the suit that Shuri made me or something. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so awesome. Right. So I would love to see kind of just like them being like two young, you know, characters team up together, um, especially after seeing Far From Home and, you know, Peter Parker kind of like building his own suit in a, in a way. So right. I, I would love to see that. That would be like my only request. I'm, I'm fine with whatever Marvel Studios gives me. If in terms of just it being a lot more screen time, but I would that would be one of my biggest requests. Yeah, I just want to see more of that character, not just in Black Panther sequels, but yeah, team up with Spider-Man, give Shuri her own movie or her own Disney Plus series or whatever it is. Um, I do want to see her build not necessarily an Ironheart suit and take the place of Riri Williams, but I would love to see her build some sort of suit for herself because the gauntlets are great, but they don't offer much protection. So like I think if Shuri... (laughs) is going to do more superheroing than I kind of want to see her uh, up her own tech. I mean, she's doing a great job helping everybody else out, but I would love to see what she would do to have herself uh, suit up even better because she's going to give herself the best suit. I mean, eventually, (laughs) like her masterpiece of a suit is going to have to be for herself, probably. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and then she can just laugh at uh, at T'Challa and and treat his suit like royal sandals. So... (laughs) This is where we get into a little bit more of just the the impact of the MCU just mm-hmm. on you. I mean, you've been a fan of this franchise. You're following these stories and you've shared really great stories of your own of key moments for you in this journey. But from an overall sense, like how do you feel like the the MCU has impacted you? Because clearly you're following this and, and paying close attention to it. So it's not just something where you watch it and then it's it's gone from your mind the second that it's over until the next movie. This is now stuff that that takes up permanent real estate in your head. So how do you feel it's impacted you over this time of becoming a, a bigger and bigger fan of it? In, in so many ways, because honestly, I wasn't. My whole understanding of film and my expectations of film has. Completely changed based on the MCU. I think um, the MCU provides not only like a social commentary, I know it doesn't get in too depth of a lot of like, you know, everyday issues, especially as a global audience, but they go into like, they have this great rich social commentary, but also it provides like uh, a vision of what could be. So a lot of things that we don't see now, they present in their, their films. And I think it holds a lot of weight and I mean, a big thing like seeing heroes not pick and choose who to save, but seeing value in saving everybody, um, like challenging themselves to think different when they know better. Um, And I I really love the fact in in terms of impact, it held so much weight that for any hero in the MCU, you can copy and paste mom, you can copy and paste dad, you can copy his friend, teacher, And it really gives you a good foundation of, okay, like what are some of those like core qualities that we all could be working towards? And it's not just like heroes or like these other better people, but they're flawed individuals just like us. 
And I, I think I never really thought about that previously with other films. And another thing in terms of just like how it changed and altered me is after I see a MCU film, I, my immediate thought is self-reflection. And that has never been the case. A lot of the times, especially you're in a theater, you're watching a film, you know, you, you finish it and then maybe you talk about it, but you don't look inwardly. For the MCU, just, you know, it's being so conditioned to get so many rich messages out of all of them. I, I, I automatically know that there's something that I could unpack and like think about um, more. So I remember after watching uh, Guardians Volume 2, I have a twin sister, Nebula and Gamora, and just kind of, you know, how they were growing their relationship. I remember leaving the theater thinking like, okay, like I thought of my own relationship with my sister. So um, just being able to know that these films are challenging me, they're teaching me, um, and the fact that I can take some time out of each film, and, it, and I feel encouraged to do so and think about what I can learn from the film is great. And it's not on your nose. It's not a self-help book or it doesn't take any of that. I can get an amazing story, amazing visuals and still walk away wanting to be a better person and challenging myself to be better. So that's without a doubt <laughs> all tribute to the MCU because I did not do that beforehand. That's so great. Yeah, I, I think that's part of what makes these stories so special is, you know, that idea of self-reflection and the way these characters grow. And yeah, if you take some of that away back into your own life. And as you said, you challenge yourself and you rethink relationships, choices, behaviors, and, and all of these different things. And, you know, if you have find a way to grow from that, I know that's definitely been one of the impacts that the one of the big impacts that the MCU has had on my life. And it's so cool to, to hear how it impacted you. So the last thing that I want to ask you about is since this is the MCU fan show, it's just about that idea of community because that's I think that's another one of another thing that's so great about the MCU is that what's great about it is the ability to share it, whether that's an amped up crowd on opening night or, yeah, our little group on the discord or and this is not supposed this is not intended to be a shameless self plug for the Patreon. But I, I think what is so great is the way we have the ability to examine these stories and, and share that enthusiasm and also just expand our own perspectives of these stories because you you have your own thoughts about the movie, but then you hear somebody else's and that challenges you to think even more about the movie. And then you get back to that same cycle of of how that reexamines questions just for yourself personally. Mm -hmm. What has your experience been like as a member of the the fan community? Did you find it intimidating at all? Or was it something like because you came into this as somebody who wasn't necessarily a, a comic book fan? Have you found this community to mostly be inviting? Has it been receptive to you for as much as you wanted to participate in it? What's your experience been like? For sure. And I, I almost think that my fan journey is like we have these three different eras. There's before um, Avengers where, you know, I was just passively watching the film. And there's, you know, before I joined the Patreon, the, the Discord community, where I was trying to find my way. And to be honest, it wasn't welcoming. Um, but, you know, before I joined the Patreon, I was kind of trying to find a way to consistently talk to people about these films. Um, YouTube comments, there's some, you know, groups and something that I'm finding about the fandom community. I know we've talked about it. It's like a lot of people think a lot of these films are created for them and only them. So there's a lot of like, um, there could be a lot of shame involved with, you know, being someone who just trying to dive in and like learn more and just, you know, geek out about this stuff with other people. And, you know, sometimes it's like a, a knowledge thing, like, oh, you know, I read the comics and, um, and I just hated that, honestly. So I kind of like the idea of community, I didn't think it was achievable for a long time, just because, you know, the people around me weren't into Marvel at that point. But, you know, when I joined the Patreon, I mean, it, it definitely changed <laughs> everything. So not only do I have people that I consistently talk about, um, you know, the, everyone is just like super respectful. There's no barriers to be a fan and like understanding that anybody can, like I mentioned earlier, just jump on and like celebrate the, 
the, you know, these, these films is, is good enough. So, and I think there's like, in terms of the community, everyone provides so much to the conversation. Like one person can have like a radically different take on a film and just being able right. to hear that can change everything. So, you know, at this point I've had like, you know, 20 plus different understandings of even like Captain Marvel and we do watch parties and stuff. So hearing what every other people think, I'm like, wow. So you're building this whole new, it's like you're relearning mm. um, or re-experiencing like a project through someone else's eyes. And I think also with the community, I think a lot of the times I'm like, oh, you know, my family, they, they don't care or whatever. But I think the community has challenged me to, to share it with people in my circle as well. Like I remember, um, I got my nephew because I figured he's young and if I'm paying, it doesn't matter, but I got him <laughs> into Marvel and I bought him a few comic books and he was so excited to see Captain Marvel and just like to be able to share that with him was awesome. Um, I got my sister to watch a few movies and talk about it. Um, so I definitely, I think community it's, it's, I think the internet is just amazing because you know, there's, there, you have your tribe somewhere. You just have to find it. But right. um, like being able to to connect with people that you love about the films too, it, it's very doable as well. So I think I get the best of both worlds in terms of all fronts, in terms of community. And I think being able, it's great to watch the films, but being able to share it with people is the defi- is definitely the reason why I love these films as well. So you've kind of found yourself being the one now guiding people into the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic Universe, like holding their hand and taking them on a tour? For sure. I had so many friends that like binged all the films in order and release order during quarantine. And I'm like, well, call me after every, <laughs> after every watch. We'll talk about it. I'll get you up to speed. You can ask me any clarifying questions. And I love that. Like, that's so exciting. Yes. To me. So. Um, yeah, definitely been able to introduce a, like a lot of people um, to the MCU while we're in quarantine. I think that's so awesome because I, I think that that's the way that it should be is that these movies are a lot of fun. I mean, they're very meaningful, but they're also a lot of fun. And so to share that meaning and share that fun with other people, that's why my motto on this stuff is it doesn't matter when you got to the party. It just matters that we're all here and we can be kind and respectful to one another and just share this thing that brings us all such great joy. And it's it's so cool to hear how you have taken your own love of these movies and how you are being how you are inviting other people into that just to help them see what you're getting out of these movies in hopes that maybe they'll get just a little bit of that, too, because what we're getting is a lot of joy and a lot of uh, you know, and a moving emotional experience. And so, yeah, I, it's so awesome to hear that you're sharing that. And, you know, you, you mentioned the community that we have on the Patreon. And I would just have to say that, you know, a lot of credit for that goes to you as one of the members of that community, because it's only as good as the the membership that really that really populates it. And, and for the, the the people who share that experience, the way they go about it and what you your answers to these questions today I think definitely exemplifies what you're already, what you've been bringing to the community. So thank you very much for that, Maya. Thank you, Sean. I, I really appreciate it. Oh, it's, it's well-deserved. And thank you for uh, being on the podcast. This is definitely not going to be, this was your first time on the show. This is not going to be your last. Uh, this was a really, really great conversation. I know I enjoyed it and I'm sure everybody listening uh, enjoyed it as well. So thank you, Maya. Thank you. It's been an honor. Thank you again, Maya. The honor was all mine. And I hope you all enjoyed hearing Maya's story or rather stories. She's had such an awesome journey as an MCU fan. And I look forward to sharing the stories of even more MCU fans in this series. And I'll provide more information on that in just a moment. But first, allow me to say thank you to Joseph P., Chris J., Carola C., James A., Lyle A., George T., and Effie O., they are some of the patrons that we have over at patreon.com slash Sean Gerber. That's S-E-A-N-G-E-R-B-E-R, where we offer exclusive podcasts that are not available anywhere else, including the Marvelous Moments series, where I break down really great scenes in the MCU that make that help make the MCU as special as we all know that it is. So that's available there, as well as a lot of other exclusive podcasts. And when you do sign up, 
You get your own private RSS link. So that way you get your exclusive Patreon podcasts as well as the main show. It's all in one feed. You don't have to track it down in multiple places. And we also have a Patreon exclusive Discord community where you can chat with me and other great fellow fans like Maya, whom you just heard on this episode. And so for more information on the Patreon and everything that we offer, please visit patreon.com slash Sean Gerber. Again, that spelling is S-E-A-N-G-E-R-B-E-R. Now, as far as having an opportunity to participate, if you are interested in participating in the What Brought You to the MCU series and you want to have a chance to share your story, your MCU fan journey on this podcast, please send us an email, fanshowpodcast at gmail.com. I won't be able to share all of them on the podcast, but I want to share as many stories as I can. So please feel free to share your story with me via email. And who knows, maybe you'll be on this show. I know Maya set a high bar. There's no doubt about that. But remember that all of your stories are valid. And I look forward to sharing some of your unique experiences on future episodes. But that's where I'm going to wrap up this edition of the MCU Fan Show. Just a reminder to follow us at MCU Fan Show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We would very much appreciate it. But for now, I'm Sean Gerber. Take care. We'll see you next time. 